All right, here we go with another edition of the Russell Smith Podcast. Thanks for checking it out. And thanks for all the positive feedback about the first episode with Bob Kessling. It was really a lot of fun. This week, we've got another familiar name and another familiar voice, if you're a Tennessee fan. Terry Fair came to UT in 1994 from Phoenix, Arizona. He was the first vault ever from the state of Arizona. A four-year starter and a member of the 1997 SEC championship team. A first-round NFL draft pick to the Detroit Lions in 1998. And after his playing career concluded, he ended up hosting a radio show with me for a couple of years here in Knoxville. Got back into coaching and eventually made his way back to Knoxville where he spent last year on Jeremy Pruitt's first staff at Tennessee. Had a chance to sit down with Terry to talk about everything that's transpired for him really since the beginning. And here's my chat with Terry Fair. All right, we're here with uh, my good buddy, Terry Fair. Terry, good to see you, man. Thanks for making time. Man, always a pleasure. You know, good seeing you as well, man. It's been a long time. Yeah, been a, been a while, man. <laughs> uh, I know you've got some free time on your hands. We'll talk about what you're doing uh, here going forward in the future here in a little bit. But uh, I'd like to start at the beginning. I want to get the full Terry Fair story. I've heard bits and pieces through the years. You're the first Tennessee player to come from Arizona were you born in Phoenix? Born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, family is from Phoenix. Actually, my dad is originally from Detroit uh, by way of Louisiana. Uh, family migrated to Detroit, and my mom's originally family is from Oklahoma City, and my grandfather and grandmother, uh, you know, migrated to Phoenix, Arizona. How? So, uh, like, what, just work? Looking for so, work. Back yeah. then, you know, my grandpa was born in 1910. Wow. My grandma was born in 1914, so... Uh, you know, just listening to the stories with him, you know, a time, you know, go out west, you know, it was a lot of work. Go west, out, young man. Go west. It was a lot of work out there. So, you know, he and his brother caught the freight train out to Phoenix, Arizona and uh, found work out there. Then, you know, as he got established, sent for my grandmother. And that's how to, you know, originally we're cars, but uh, my dad is a fair. So that's how we got to Phoenix, Arizona. Well, so what's it like out there? I've never been to Phoenix. I've heard you tell the stories. I'm picturing Lots of sand, cactus, cactus, <laughs> cacti. I don't know what's up. No, it's a, it's a beautiful place if you've never been. It's totally different than, you know, here in Tennessee. It's a total change of climate. Uh, you know, it's a beautiful place. It does get really, really hot in the summers. But, dry heat. Um, dry heat, no uh -huh. humidity, though. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not a lot of greenery. Um, you know, you can grow grass if you add water. But, um, you know, it's just a different climate, man. And uh, you just got to be ready for the summers. But outside of those summer months, it's a beautiful place. So, uh, and you come from a really athletic family. Your brother played, you have a brother that played basketball at UConn for Jim Calhoun back in the Big East days when the Big East was the Big yeah. East. And, like, you were, how many siblings do you have? You know, I have two older brothers. Okay. And, uh, you know, I've got, a, I've got a lot of cousins, man. So, we, we it was very competitive growing up and. You know, my brother, uh, you let my oldest brother tell it, he was the best basketball player in the family, which he was really good as well. And uh, pro I think we're the only trio of brothers to win state championships in Arizona in basketball, uh, which is which is pretty cool. But So on, on separate teams? On separate teams. Uh, okay, cool. You know, I had the opportunity 
uh, to be on the one with my older brother, got moved up as a freshman to varsity, so got to celebrate it with him. And then the next year, my sophomore year, we ended up winning it again. So that that was pretty cool that we all had the opportunity to experience that. But, uh, you know, no, just it starts from, you know, my mother, she was an athlete. My grandfather, we talked about him. You know, he used to brag about, you know, hitting the winning shot in Oklahoma City. You know, my grandma was going crazy in the stands in high school to win the championship, you know, and, uh, you know, had an uncle that was a fifth overall pick to the Green Bay Packers in 1968. Really? Yeah, Freddie Carr, he's in their, he's in their Hall of Fame. That's my mom's brother as okay. well. Um, you know, so just on my mom's side, all my cousins – you know, that I grew up with, you know, everybody went to play basketball or football in college. Um, so just from that family standpoint, being really competitive. And then the, 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 the community I grew up in is South Phoenix, you know. I mean, you're talking about just it's so competitive with, you know, guys that went on to college that were really good players starting from Pop Warner. So, you know, you, you, you went against some great guys, you know, since you were at a young age. No, I looked at your uh, South Mountain High School. South Mountain like, High School. There are a lot of NFL guys We've got, came out uh, of there. We produced 10 NFL players out of South Mountain High School. And I, and I tell you, if, if everybody would have went to South Mountain High School from South Phoenix, uh, it would have been a dynasty, and that probably still would be going on to this day. Uh, it, it, it was the, the talent level in South Phoenix was that great. So there was other high schools that they split up the talent – yeah, amongst. it was guys from – they didn't really split it up. Guys going in different directions after Pop Warner, you know, and, uh, you know, for whatever the reasons were, um, and didn't all go to the same inner city school. So uh, – but it made it really competitive in the Valley at the time, and uh, a lot of those guys went on to do some, some really great things. And, uh, you know, that's the great thing about being from that community, you know, is the love and support that you have. And, and like they say, man, it's, it's a village, and, uh, you know, that's how we were all kind of raised. So you're the youngest of three boys. See, I was the oldest of three boys, so I know what the the youngest is always chasing, wants to be just like the big brothers. Do you think that helped you develop athletically because you're always competing against older, tougher people from a young age? I had to. I, I took a lot of butt whoopings, uh, <laughs> you know, coming up. But it, it made me, I think, who I was as a player – you know, as I got older, it was um, like Jordan always it, talks about his older brother used to whip him. And yeah, like that well, was his he just wanted to beat the big brother. Just always wanted to be there. So, you know, I was always, you know, along for the ride. You know, when I was, you know, from a young age, when those guys started Pop Warner, you know, I never missed a game. You know, I always got found a football game to go play in while I was there. You know, I knew all the players that were older than me. Um, you know, I was really uh, um, how can I say this? Not a historian of the game. But I just love the game so much and watching different people and, you know. We're talking football right talking now, right? football, yeah. imitating different guys' moves and, you know, trying those different things and really saying that, man, I can't wait to – I can't wait to get to high school to play against this rivalry or be in this game and have an opportunity to do this and do that because of what I saw. So, um, no, it really it really fueled me. Um, and this is late 80s or so. so late 80s. Early, who are, who are early. your heroes at this point, the, the guys when you're watching TV that you want to emulate? Or is it just guys in the neighborhood and, well, and local, I mean, your brothers for, and for stuff? For myself, you know, definitely my family uh, first. My brothers, you know, always, you know, going to be my favorite, favorite players uh -huh. uh, and my cousins. But – you know, from my from my community, guys like Felipe Sparks, 
You know, I can I can go on. Darren Woodson is from there. Kevin Minifield, who played at Arizona State okay. and played in the NFL for a while. Um, you know, guys like that and so many guys from my high school. Byron Evans, you know, played with the, at Arizona and um, <clears throat> Philadelphia Eagles for so long. Uh, Manny Hendricks, who played at my high school as well, played with the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, was a heck of a basketball player in his own right. Um, <clears throat> man, I'm leaving so many other guys <laughs> out, guys that I looked up to you know, um, in the community that I saw each and every day, how they did it and how I wanted to be. And uh, just tried to replicate my game after a lot of those people. And uh, your parents, pretty supportive, obviously. Uh, your brother's playing and uh, getting recruited and everything. You got to see all this up close and personal. <laughs> that had to have an impact. Did, I mean, do you remember like Jim Calhoun coming oh, to your man, house? It was, or? it was unreal. Um, you know, and I can say this, our mom, you know, we grew up with my mom. Uh, my dad uh, lived in San Jose and uh, he worked, actually didn't come back to the United States until 1986, worked for Lockheed Aircraft in Saudi Arabia. Oh, wow. And uh, so I had to come back over and be born a citizen uh, because my brothers lived over there in Saudi Arabia for a while. Okay. And we came back to the States and stayed with moms, and that continued. And she raised us, and uh, she's probably the most competitive person I know. So, you know, you come home from a game, and mom's going to be on your tail. You know what I mean? She's going to know everything you did wrong. She's going to tell you whether you liked it or not. She was going to be supportive, but she always – she wasn't going to let you get away with anything. But – um you know, and that was unreal in itself for her to be as strong as she was and to never miss a game when you had three boys, you know, going through different sports at different times and trying to make everything and be at everything. I say she was the ultimate super parent. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> watching them and then my older brother and seeing what he went through in the game and he ended up going to Juco. And now my, uh, my middle brother is coming up, Brian, and, man, seeing his transition and what he went through to get him to the point to where he was at, man. And I tell you, it was, it was amazing seeing some of the coaches. Roy Williams, you know, was high on his list. Roy Williams was at Kansas at the time, you know. Uh, Calhoun, you know, we loved the Big East. Big Mondays back then was everything. Yeah. That's when you had Syracuse and, you know, it was Pearl Washington and, and all of that. He loved Syracuse. You know, that was his that was his focal point school. But, you know, when you have Jim Calhoun's and Roy Williams and, you know, Bill Frieders and Lute Olsen's, I mean, all of those coaches coming through and sitting down in your living room or we're going to the park and they're just watching and all of that, you're like, man, I can't – maybe they'll have a chance to take a look at me or something. You know, you yeah. try to go a little extra hard. But, <laughs> you know, but he was also a, a, an unbelievable football player, you know, um, and I tell him all the time, I say, man, you probably played in the NFL for a long time. And he looks and like, yeah, I know, because he was a parade All-American free safety. Uh-huh. Um, you know, 6'3", can run, you know, had great ball skills and pretty much had offers from everybody in the country in football. Wow. And, and so he decided to go basketball. You made the opposite. And I know you were a baller, too, on, on the hardwood. Like, what, uh, what made you decide to go the opposite route? Well – it came down to, and I, and I tell this story, I was just telling it the other day to a couple of my friends. Uh, back then, we used to play a BCI, which is Basketball Congress International. It's, it's similar to AAU, to uh -huh. where we traveled um, year-round and played. Um, I, I, I let guys know I've never played football in the spring or summer uh, just during the football season uh, growing up because we were always playing basketball. 
So about my junior year, um, you know, like I said, I've been a starter since a sophomore in basketball. Uh, I've been playing international basketball and tournaments since then against some really good guys and, you know, just started coming into my own as a junior and, uh, you know, really started having success. You know, I was, I was, I was running a point, you know, defense was my thing. I probably had averaged eight points, you know, on steals a game and, uh, you know, I, I was a I was a jumper. I was a six nine high jumper. So any chance I got to come down and throw one down and you know yeah. give me a, a lane and I was gonna take it. And some people were like, no, I say, yeah, I got my first dunk as a sophomore in high school in the championship yeah. game, and um, you know that was my thing. So I uh, got my first visits as a junior in basketball, University of Houston and SMU. They were like, hey, we want you to come start at the point guard for us. You know, we think right now you're one of the best out there. And I'm like, okay, so you know go through my junior that that's that spring and head into summer and uh working with Daryl Revels who um you know is a guy in our community that you know used to be at our park when since we've been young kids and you know he's that type of guy that uh has always taken us under his wing and whatever he could do for us he was going to do getting us up early in the mornings, taking us to the basketball court, working on certain things. I remember I would go with my brother, and I would just shag balls, and he's working, he's got to get his three-point shot right, and Daryl would be there hunking that horn every morning at 6.30, and I'm waking my brother up like, let's go, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, because I know he was going to take us to breakfast afterwards. I don't know if I wanted the breakfast more. I just yeah. wanted to go. So I did that with him, and then when my time came, he started taking me and, you know, just – honing in on little things that I needed to have. Uh, and I could tell you probably the turning point for me in basketball was we played against New York Riverside oh, yeah. at the time. And uh, they had Kareem Reed, who went to Arkansas, who okay. was yeah. like my nemesis my whole career. And, uh, you know, I was 13 at the time going into my freshman year. They ended up beating us really bad. And I vowed after that 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 would never happen again. And uh, just playing against those guys and seeing the creativity they had with their ball handling, all of that, you couldn't you couldn't keep me off the basketball court. It'd be 11 o'clock at night. You know, I mean, I'm out there dribbling in the dark and doing things. So <clears throat> led me to that point to where, um, you know, going into my senior year that summer, you know, probably playing as well as any guard in the nation. Uh, I can recall probably averaging about 20 points, probably dishing out about 10 assists. And that's probably with two dunks a game. Yeah. And uh, I remember Connecticut, uh, my brother called me and said, hey, man, coach, coach and them are going to be at your game tomorrow. I was like, really? He was like, yeah. So BCIs, so many coaches come through like AAU. So I'm like, okay, you know, I want to put on the show for these guys tomorrow. <laughs> so I think I probably, probably had about 20 points that game, but had an impressive three-point play where we're on a break and their center jumps with me and end up dunking on them. And uh, after the game, I called my brother. And I say, man, you got to tell me what they said. And uh, he say, well, <clears throat> they say, Brian, he definitely jumps higher than you. <laughs> you know, so really getting a lot of attention at the time. And it's, it's getting ready for this showdown with me and Kareem Reed. You know, we've been going at it, you know, 13, 14, The 15. rematch. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> but I was going to the five-star camp the, uh, in Pittsburgh um, five-star camp in Pittsburgh that I had to go to, so I was going to miss the championship game against New York Riverside. Probably one of the things I regret I should have just canceled. So this is the football camp. 
Or this, this is basketball oh, camp. Okay. This is the ABCD five-star okay. camp down in Okay, so you got to make a choice between playing in the game and going to this right. camp where you think you're going to get noticed and all that stuff. Right, and it's back east, and at the time, back east, you know, was really where all your, your ballers were and where, you know, you wanted to go measure yourself up against those guys. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, I'm going to go to this camp. So end up going to uh, the five-star camp, man, and really, really, really did really well. And, uh, you know, I, and it's getting to why I didn't play basketball. Um I get there and man, I, I'm shooting a lot. You know, I feel I'm shooting a lot. I'm doing a lot of things for my team and really taking all of the shots and doing everything. So we get to the All American time. So they don't put me on the All American team when I'm like my coach, young guy from from New York at the time. He's like, what? He say, Terry, this is crazy. There's no no reason you shouldn't be on that All American team the way you played. So we have our award ceremony and they give me the most unselfish player, and I'm like almost hesitant to walk up there you know because you took all the shots and everything yeah, and I'm like, it just doesn't I make get, any sense yeah, it doesn't make any sense and i'm like they just trying to give me an award and i'm like man maybe it's because i'm from you know from phoenix and i said well you know i looked at my coach right then and i said you know what man i said look for me on the football field in college i'm done with basketball wow i said i'm done with it so get back home you know i tell my mom and shoot and you know after going three three and what three and seven as a sophomore, going five and five as a junior, you know, lead my team to the state championship in football uh, that next season and end up rushing for nearly 1,500 yards and 28 touchdowns and picking off six balls and probably returning 10 kickoffs and punts for touchdowns. So, so up until that point, did, were you, did you yeah, just kind of think I, because I, of your brother that basketball was the path? And Well, it wasn't because of him. It was because of that's what, I, that's, that's what we did and that's yeah. what we done. That's you just kind of um, what you thought it was going to be. And my mom thought I was going to play basketball. She didn't think I was going to play football, you know what I mean, because I've got all my visits already in basketball, you know, as a junior. Uh-huh. And, you know, I had teams that, that would come out and see me, but I've never done any football in the spring or summers, never even lifted weights. So it just – you know, I prepare myself. I do some push-ups or do something, but the football field is just, just kind of natural, man. That's what it was. So you make the decision through with basketball, football it is. What kind of attention are you getting from colleges at that point? Well, <clears throat> getting a lot. Um, you know, after the season, kind of narrow my visits down and choices. So, you know, I sat down with moms. I say, well, I think I got my five that I want to go to. I said, I – Is it still you get five official visits five back official then? Five official visits okay. back then. So, you know, I knew I wanted to go to Colorado, uh, visit Colorado at the time who were, you know – Is that McCartney? McCartney, uh -huh. a premier program. Uh, <clears throat> wanted to go visit Wisconsin. Um, at the time, they were coming off a Rose Bowl the year before. Okay, Barry Alvarez. Um, and then, you know, of course, Tennessee – um, UCLA, you know, Rick Neuheisel was recruiting me out there. Uh -huh. um, it's funny because Carl Durrell, who ended up becoming a head coach at uh -huh. UCLA, he was at Colorado at the time recruiting okay. me there. Rick Neuheisel was recruiting me at UCLA. And then, uh, you know, Arizona. I, I didn't want to go to Arizona State because I didn't feel – well. I'll get to that story. I didn't. I didn't like what one this guy. I'll never forget it. I remember this story. It's, the it's the guy Phil came Snow. in your house. Yeah, and Phil Snow. And he Phil probably, Snow. Oh probably, my goodness. Probably still in the coaching, man. And uh, he says, "Man, Terry, he's like, you know, tell me your top schools." I was like, "Probably Tennessee, Colorado, you know." Um, but I'm gonna visit Tennessee, Colorado, Wisconsin, UCLA, Arizona. He's like, mm. he's like, who's your favorite? I was like, probably Tennessee. And he looks at me. It's crazy. I'm, I mean, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm 17 years old. 
we're in, we're in my mom's living room. She's in a family room. And uh, he say, Tennessee, huh? He say, why would you go there? They've got too many athletes for you. You'd never get on the field there. You'd never play there. And I kind of looked at him. I was like, okay. I say, well, what is that? I say, <laughs> That's a but, bold strategy. I say, man, I said, but, <laughs> but you, want me to come, you want me to come to Arizona State? I said, what does that say about your school then? Listen to that. So I called my mom. I said, Mom, you, you need to tell him to leave, you know. And she was like, oh, you got to go. You know what I mean? And that was, that was the end of Arizona State. Um, Guess you're going out of state at that point, well, huh? You had Arizona because they had the Desert Swarm at the time. And they were a little intriguing, and it wasn't right down the street. Arizona State was too close to where I grew up anyway. You know I mean? I kind of wanted to get away and yeah. grow a little bit. At least if I went to Arizona, it would have been an hour and a half away. But, you know, again, what intrigued me about Tennessee was, you know, once I did my research, the history and tradition of the place, the conference, the historical games that you were going to be a part of, you know, each and every year. Um, at the time, you know, back then, everybody didn't play on television. So it was, I want to go somewhere where, you know, I'm going to be on TV. You know, that was a big part of it. How many televised games are we going to have? And Tennessee was, you know, they were going to be on ESPN. They were going to be on ABC. They were going to be on CBS. We we're going to play in some big-time games over the course of those four years. Now, I had no clue, you know, how I was going to fare in terms of getting on the field. Um, but I knew, you know, at the time, I think they seated 95,000, which was great. You know, always wanted to play in front of big crowds. Uh, Coach Foreman told me, you know, they were going to increase that. Um, the next year, we were going to go up to like 100 and I think five or something like that. So I was like, wow, the opportunity to play in front of 105,000 people every week. And if you know me growing up, you know the bigger the the bigger the crowd, the the bigger the performance. Yeah. And uh, I was like, man. So when I came on my visit and kind of saw everything, and at the time I already went to Colorado, and I wasn't big on Colorado. I didn't like. I didn't think I would fit in with those guys for four years. You know, okay. not that they were bad guys. It just wasn't. Just wasn't. It just my felt thing, right you know, at Tennessee. Just, right. It just felt right here. You know, even though my boy Deron Jenkins was so arrogant on my visit, you know, and <laughs> what, I love what, him. What, did you, what was the nickname you all had for him? Uh, uh, Pretty D. Pretty D. <laughs> Pretty D. And uh, well, he, but, he's uh, doing some it, TV show now. Jinx. Yeah, D. Right? Jinx is doing awesome, man. He, he's he been doing awesome as a, uh, you know, developer uh, down in Nashville. Now he's on the – HGTV doing uh -huh. his thing there. So, man, very proud of him. Um, so there's a little tradition, too, of corners when you get up here. Did you know you were going to play defense? Uh, I didn't want to. Uh, so <laughs> Philip Fulmer comes in my house, right? This is – I'm trying to get him to – get me on offense so i had made uh -huh. this highlight tape man which was sweet too had all, <laughs> all offense on there you know so he comes there's, into my house a tape too because this is the days before there's no huddle there's oh, no youtube oh, there's vcr all the way dog all the way this is all vcr oh, i picture interior like with hey. the with the director hey uh cut here fast forward there That's exactly <laughs> we got it up a little bit at my high school we've got a uh we've got an awesome um magnet school uh so we've got an aerospace program which was one of the tops wow. in the country and we got a great communications program in South Mountain still to this day and I had a friend in communications man he edited for me did everything got the tape ready so when Phil came in you know sweetened him up moms that made this socket to me cake right 
So he's eating that, man, sitting on my mom's coffee table. And I'm like, man, please don't break that thing. Oh, my you know, God. The table was really old, too. You know what I mean? Well, and he didn't the even sit on the to me cake. Coach Marmy, Lovey Smith, and uh, he's in there eating socket to me cake. I say, Coach, I got something for you. Ooh, perfect opportunity to pop it in. Yeah. It's got my music on there. I think I had, like, <laughs> Express Yourself from NWA, you know. And we're uh, watching it all offense. And I'm like, yeah, maybe maybe he's liking it. Maybe, you know, he's this and that and that. So I'm like, cool. I look at moms when they leave. i like, you think it yeah, worked? Yeah. And she was like, well, you never know. Get on campus, man. And I tell you, it didn't work. Because the first day I got on campus, they gave me a defensive playbook. And uh, I don't think Lovey was going to let that happen at all. But uh, – no, but it, it was it was great, man. I had a good time on my visit. You know, it felt right. Um, it was it was different. I only I didn't know anything about Tennessee at the time. You know, what I mean, it was like I'm I'm coming and I'm looking. It's a I'm, long ways away, I'm, man, I'm, for growing well, up in Southwest uh, America, the the <laughs> desert. I'm on the freeway when I get off the airport, Tyson McGee, and it's just all of these trees, man. I'm, you know. I, I'm from Phoenix. You know, we don't have all of this green stuff. That's what like, stands out to you. Well, yeah, so I'm like, where's the, where's the city at? You know, <laughs> you can't really see it from the trees. And I'm like, wow, it just opens up. And at the time, it was cold, too. I think it had just snowed the week before. Um, I think Peyton and those guys were in the week before. And, uh, you know, Marcus Nash was on a visit with me, man. And we all just kind of bonded and had a great time. And, uh, you know. Well, Lovey Smith was a big part of that, and the coach Marmy, who I knew from Arizona State, you know. Uh, so no, it was a, it was kind of a no brainer for me when I got home. I'd say, you know, that's 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 where I'm yeah. going. That and you were a part of maybe the best signing class Tennessee's ever had. I mean, there's Peyton, yourself, Marcus Nash. I remember Mo Staley was like a huge recruit Unreal. in that yeah. class. Uh, who else were, was in there? You had Maurice Staley. You had Jonathan Brown. Oh, man. Um, from Tulsa. Dustin Moore, you know, out of yeah. Tennessee, which is Maybe a big-time running Might back. have been I mean, the most gifted tight end we've well, ever had. I mean, and Jason Witten included. Yeah, well, Dustin Moore could, could line up anywhere and do anything. He was he was that gifted, man, and uh, he was a heck of a player. Um, you know, Corey Gaines was a part of that. Mark Levine, um, Jarvis Rito, um, Anthony Hampton. Um, wow, just I'm, I'm loaded. Just, I mean, I'm thinking of guys, man. It's it's so many, so many unbelievable guys, man. You had all of these dream team receivers like Nash and and those guys, man. I mean, it was like I probably was a low man on a totem pole coming in with those guys, you know, and didn't really know a lot of people. Um, didn't know anybody, you know. So I remember getting on campus. I got here probably four days before everybody. And, you know, I had a car at home and all of that stuff. I couldn't bring anything. And I wasn't going to bring my car because it probably wasn't going to last long anyway if it yeah. got here. So <clears throat> I come with just my clothes, you know. So I'm in a dorm, first time away from home. Nobody's here. I think Peyton is here. But I'm in my own room. I probably cried like the first two days, you know, just yeah, a little homesick. didn't know what to think. So then I get, get myself together. I'm like, I'm going to go get a workout in, you know. Wrong move. I go over there and open up the door. Listen, what I saw made me go back to my room. I mean, man, them guys were getting after it. I looked at the size of, of Tennessee players at the time. I remember Jason Parker's walking around in, in the weight room with no shirt on. I mean, he's just cut up, man. And Swole. I'm like, I'm just sitting there at the door looking for about five minutes. I'm like, uh oh. Shut the door, go back to my room. <laughs> oh, I think no. I called. I was like, man, I don't think I'm going to be able to play here. I was like, <laughs> 
I don't know how this is going to work. So I, once they got done, about 5 o'clock, I went in there, you know, got a little workout in. Because, you know, I hadn't been lifting weights or anything like that except for the spring. Got my work in, and, man, I couldn't wait for the other freshmen to get here. I was downstairs, man, welcoming everybody, helping everybody unpack and do all of that stuff. And when they came in, kind of settled in. So, man, it was, it was unreal, man, and we all kind of bonded from that point. Yeah, so uh, interesting transition. You're you're at Tennessee, and it's funny you say that you you didn't know if you were going to make it here because that '94 season, of course, that's the that, that's your freshman season. That's the year where um, Colquitt gets hurt on the yeah. seventh play, and I mean, we thought we were going to have an excellent season. Your quarterback goes down the seventh play of the season at UCLA. And all of a sudden, Todd Helton's playing, Peyton's playing, Brandon Stewart, <laughs> right, another Brandon part Stewart, of that yeah. class. And um, and it kind of, I don't want to say sunk the season. I think you went seven and four. Eight and four. Eight and four eight with and four. a bowl game at Virginia Tech. But, um, but like, uh, you know, we thought it might be a championship season. It ends up being kind of a, a, a uh, an interesting year offensively. But you actually ended up starting – as a true freshman. Started uh, eight games as a true freshman and uh, actually played in that first game at UCLA. You know, I, I remember uh, Coach Marmy, you know, uh, that first week of the season, we're getting ready to head out to California on a Thursday. And uh, that's four hours away from, you know, from Phoenix. So all my family's coming down. And he calls me in his office at lunch and he says, uh, he said, you talk to your mom? I said, uh, no, I hadn't talked to her. He said, let's call her up at work right now. So we call her up at work. He says, Miss Fair, he said, how you doing? This and that. He said, Coach Marmee. He said, uh, I look forward to seeing you this weekend, and I just want to let you know that Terry will be on the field. He'll be our nickelback this week. And I'm looking like, for real? And I'm just <laughs> like, wow, that's, that's crazy. Then he said, you talked to your high school coach? I said, no. He said, let's call him up. And he calls up my high school coach and says, well, "That's hey, a nice thing of him to do." Yeah, and I mean, he didn't he didn't have to do no. that, you know. what I mean, but just you know, I really appreciated that man, and uh, you know, get out there on the field at UCLA, and big old JJ Stokes is out there, Kevin Jordan on on the other side, and I'm like, wow, you know, what I mean, this is I'm playing in the Rose Bowl, my first game on Welcome a- to college ABC football, huh? ever, you know what I mean? Keith so, Jackson's probably up hey, in the booth. And, and I'm like nervous, you know, I'm, I'm all about assignment, you know. Let me get to where I got to get. I wasn't challenging anybody. I'm just, just let me be where I got to be. Mess up. Don't, don't mess up, you know. Um, so that was that. You know, we had Ronald Davis who was starting at one corner who was a talented offensive player yeah. in his own right who because of the lack of depth at defensive back, they moved him to defensive back. And then Deron Jenkins was there as well. Um and the reason I got into the starting lineup against Georgia, um, Ronald Davis goes down with the hamstring. Uh, you know, so I mean, I'm, I come in on the first play, and I tell you, it could have been different because I, I don't know if anybody ever saw this, but soon, I get in the game, and we're in the red zone when they put me in the game. And you know those things when you like in a dream and you can't move? I, it was like that on the field for me the first play. So we're on the 20-yard line. Hassan Graham is the receiver for Georgia. Uh-huh. I'm holding him. I swear I could not move. They throw him a go ball in the back of the end zone. You couldn't move. I, I, like, did you even like, start running or you just stood I, I, there when the play I started? I just kind of like froze. And he runs right by me, drops the ball in the back of the end zone. Oh. Now, it, just like you my drew it up, my huh? career, <laughs> My career could have went two different ways at yeah. that point. If he catches it, I'm probably out of the game. 
You know what I mean? But because he didn't, I get another life. So um, Can you hear what the coaches are telling? Terry, what are you doing, man? I'm like, telling myself, like, what are you doing? You know, I'm cursing myself out. Like, man, yeah. come on, man. But ended up being a good game and uh, played a lot, man. And I had 10 tackles that game probably because they caught 10 balls on me. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, then uh, started again. Started Got my first start against Washington State as a freshman. Um, Deron Jenkins had a hamstring pull. So me and Ronald Davis started opposite each other. And then uh, Ronald Davis ended up getting in some trouble, getting kicked off the team. And that's when I became the full-time starter along with Deron Jenkins. And you were a four-year starter at Tennessee. Uh, you know, you're part of really, you know, laying the foundation, some great teams laying the foundation for that 98 national championship team. You guys won the, the title, the SEC title in, in 97 and, um, I mean, do you know what the, the record was? I mean, I'm thinking those last three years, you probably lost, what, three or four games? Yeah, uh, we lost uh, the last three years, we lost four games. Four games, and shoot, three of those was the Florida, you know. But I got to say this. I, I mean, we, we debate about this all the time, but 1995 may have been our best team. You know, when you look at our offensive line, you know, and it was probably one of the best in the country at the time. You know, Jay Graham running behind those guys. Uh, you know, that that was that was probably our best team. We go, you know, in a Citrus Bowl and play Ohio State, you know, and beat an Ohio State team that had, you know, the, out, the Outland Trophy winner, the Heisman Trophy winner, the Belitnikoff winner, the Thorpe Award winner, you know, who who that really was probably the marquee matchup the in Heisman the bowl winner, games right? that year. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> had a first-round yeah. tight end in Ricky Dudley. Mike Vrabel, you know, was coaching the Titans, was on that team. And so many NFL players on that field at the time. And it was like everybody's backup to the backup, you know, were NFL players. And, you know, that was for us, too. And uh, we That were, was really a, one of the games that kind of put Tennessee on the map as far as going from a team that's very good – Always, uh, you know, always in a bowl game and, you know, nine, ten wins to like, whoa. Because that Ohio State team you're at, I mean, I think they were number one at some point towards the they end were. of the season and um, lost to Michigan like they always did back then and ended up like they were probably disappointed not to be in the Rose Bowl. And uh, y'all went out there in the pouring rain and, and uh, there's a big stop by Bill Duff Bill down Duff. there on the goal line. <laughs> Huge, man. I mean, it, it's – you know, so many plays. Jay Graham made some big runs in that game. Yep. Joey Kent coming big away with a big Kent catch at some point. Yeah. You know, so we just we just kept rolling. And they talk about this cleat thing, <laughs> whatever that the is. That, man, we ain't know nothing about no cleats. All we know was a torrential downpour out there, and uh, anything to stop Terry Glenn from running fast was okay with us. So I, I remember this funny thing. We laugh about this as a, you know, when all of us defensive backs get together. Well, we we're getting ready for Ohio State and that first day that we put on the film Kevin Ramsey who was our secondary coach at the time man who me and him probably talk two three times a week now and is a big mentor of mine you know we laughed about this the other day I said coach you remember when you know you put on Ohio State and I mean Terry Glenn was amazing at the time he's running by oh, I yeah. don't care who it was I mean you can have double coverage you can be in a three deep you can play 20 it didn't matter he was running by you and we're a pretty confident group and we're always laughing and joking. At this time, you dead silence in the room. And that was a little unusual. So Ramsey stops the video, cuts on the light. He was like, what's wrong with y'all? And we're like, 
what you see on film? We're like, he pretty good, coach. You know? <laughs> We're like, he, he pretty good. He's like, yeah, I know what y'all thinking. He's like, tell me what you see. We like, coach, he hard to hard to cover. <laughs> you know, everybody's looking around, you know. And, Nobody uh, wants to uh, – I'm a sophomore at the time. You got Deron in there yeah. as well. You know, he was a senior. I'm pretty sure he was thinking the same thing as me too. So, and everybody was. But he was like, you know, what you see is all big plays. Mm-hmm. If we if we limit the big play, we win this game. So, he was like, I don't care if you got to play seven. I don't care if you got to play 15, 20 yards off. But don't give Just up don't the big play. Deep. Oh, once he said that, I was like, cool, all right. First play of the game, guess who comes to my side? Terry Glenn. We're in man-to-man. Oh, boy. I forgot. I remember what Coach Ramsey said, though, right? Don't give up the big play. I don't care if you play how many yards off? 10, 15. About 15 uh, yards uh, off so, of him, right? Yeah. I just come up and make the tackle on him. I'm not going to give up the deep ball. So he comes out and runs a comeback on me, man. That was so pretty. I remember looking at, like, behind the play as he catches the ball and toe taps out of bounds like, damn. This guy's, <laughs> this guy's pretty good, you know. A, and it, admiring it at that right, point. Right, right. But, you know, we got we got the plan and got comfortable and started doing some things, man. But that was an unbelievable game, and it was even fun to watch – even more fun to watch on TV afterwards. Yeah, no doubt about it. it uh, so, at, at what point do you realize – and I'm sure you dream of playing in the NFL, you dream of playing in the NBA. Uh, at what point did you realize that your dream could be a reality? Probably my junior year, um, you know, because at, at this time, you know, we were all had the mentality of, man, we just were trying to get better. Really, we all enjoy playing with each other and we were going to push each other each and every day. But I think playing with a guy like Deron Jenkins, <clears throat> you know, his footwork and how he moved and all of that kind of really emulated my footwork after Deron. So when he left, it kind of gave me the opportunity to step into his role as that guy to say, hey, this is what we're working on today. This is what we're doing. This is the type of footwork drills we're going to be doing. This is what we're going to be doing in the off season, or, you know, me getting up on a Saturday morning, you know, after, you know, we done all been out, you know what I mean? But, you know, I'll be up, I'll be up bright and early, you know, getting my footwork in, you know, doing all of those little things and still have the rest of my day. So I think seeing him go to the NFL, you know, as a second round pick, um, really motivated me to say, man, you know, I've been, I've started with him, you know, I've done footwork with him. I did all of this. I've, I've got the recipe and the ingredients to do it. So this is what we're going to do. And then starting to make more plays as a junior, you know, <clears throat> having the confidence to go out there and knowing I can run with anybody and cover anybody. And uh, I, I think that's where I saw it. I think it started with Deron Jenkins and seeing him move on and I think really just kind of fuel me even more in terms of the little things that you got to do to be proficient at the position. Now, your senior year in uh, 1997 SEC championship team, uh, fans will remember that. Of course, uh, Peyton Manning, the the Heisman, which is going to be – that's that's one uh, – Whole we'll other t- story, huh? We'll, we'll take to the, uh, the disappointment that every, every Vol fan will take to the grave <laughs> – and the thing people forget, or I don't even know if they forget, if they even know at this point, Terry, is Charles Woodson wins it, because, and he's a two-way player and all that, mm-hmm. and whatever happened there happened there. But you were going to play some receiver, too, your senior year, and you ended up getting hurt or something, and, and that never really came to fruition. But 
That could have been uh, Terry Fair, the two-way player wow, back then, man, too. I, and you're a great punt returner as well. I, you know, me, me and Coach Fulmer talked about this a lot. And, uh, you know, spring game, you know, going in, you know, my junior year in the spring game, going to our senior year, you know, played some offense as well. You know what I mean? Had opportunity to, you know, catch two balls. And, you know, I call them touchdowns because, you know, I had my green jersey on. But I would have I broke them, to, uh, got away from sure. the defenders uh-huh. anyway. But, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but – but that whole summer, you know, I would work offense and defense, and I did that the whole summer. You know, never took anything away from my defense. I always did that. But, you know, even when we did 7-on-7, seven seven, we did everything. We started training camp. You know, I would do one-on-ones on defense, one-on-ones on offense. So it wasn't anything that was just, hey, get over there and do it. No, it was, it was actually in the works. And I remember um, getting ready for Texas Tech. You know, I would go I'm on the defensive field. They always called me over. And I had certain packages for that Texas Tech game, whether it was quick screens, it was reverses, it was, you know, matching me up one-on-one against a safety or something. We would work on that. And uh, so we go in and play Texas Tech. <clears throat> they mentioned it on the broadcast that, you know, look for him as a receiver because I'd done it all summer. We're blowing them out, so it's no need to waste me. We're playing against UCLA the next week on ABC. So that's the, that's the week they were going to unleash me. I think I had – 25 plays that game on offense to where, you know, it was every day, you know, I would go work with the offense on my plays. And, you know, I only can imagine how, how it would have went, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, but but. <laughs> come out first series of the game against UCLA, third down and 12, break up a, break up a comeback, um, go back to receive the punt, follow my shoulder and separate my shoulder. Ooh. And that was the end of my offense because even though I came back and we had to play against Florida the next week, so offense was done for me for that year and even couldn't really return as as much as I did before. And Copeland went back there and did a good job. And, you know, but, yeah, that was that was disheartening not to have that opportunity what to, could have been, to huh? get on that side and really show what I can do. Because I've always, like I said, since I've come, I've always been an offensive player. Yeah, well so, – Hey, man, hey, it, you know. it, worked, it worked out all right for you. I mean, you end up getting draft first-round NFL draft pick. 16th, 17th the overall? 20th selection 20th overall. 20th selection selection overall, okay. Yeah, it, Detroit Lions, yeah, Detroit where your Lions. family has some history of being from. That's got to be pretty thrilling. Man, that was – Barry was, Sanders uh, is at the height <laughs> of his powers. Right. You know, it's, it's funny because, you know, you never know. I'm like, uh, you know, coming in, you just play, you know, and uh, – you know, back then we weren't really worried about man the the league like like that. You know, we just wanted to. Are you worried about coming out and competing against your own team and you know playing for your own team? All of that other stuff was going to take care of itself if you did what you had to do on the field. So it wasn't like, uh, you know. But I had some hits as a junior to where some agents are like, hey, you know, you need to come out. You know, you could be anywhere from a second to fourth round pick. And I'm like, well, why would I want to come out and be a second to fourth round pick? I say if they if I'm slated to do that right now, then, man, if I put in this work in the offseason to do what I got to do, maybe I can increase that. So I just went about my business, didn't worry about it. And, you know, coming out to start the season, I'm like, man, well, I'm getting some 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 attention, you know, which I didn't even know about. What guys are like, man, this guy is, you know, one of the best cover guys in the game, one of the best corners in the game. I'm like, dang, for real, you know, because you just go out and play. And, uh, you know, had a good senior season and, uh, you know what I mean, just – after the season, had opportunity to go to the Senior Bowl and really perform where they perform well there. And uh, shoot, man, after that, that's you know start 
visiting teams and doing all of that stuff and getting myself ready for uh, really just to come have a good workout, you know, mm -hmm. um, because when I got my agent and I went to work out in Florida with Bobby Kersey and Jackie Joyner Kersey and all his Olympic really? athletes, I that's that's uh, I worked out with them in off seasons. And, you got to meet Flojo. Uh, well, Flojo, she was already gone. Come on, Who's, bro. Who am I, who am I talking you about? You talking about Gail Devers? Well, Gail Devers oh, at the time, my, she my was bad, the dude. one, and, uh. and Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna edit that out. <laughs> Wait, who was Flojo? That's Flojo, yeah. Well, Flojo was, was the one before that. Remember, she had she had passed. Um, she was a fast one too. What What was her name? Flojo. That was her name. Well, that's I her. That was a nickname. Her, her, it, it was. I forget her. Florence Griffith Joiner. Florence Griffith Joiner. Yeah. Okay, Flojo. Yeah. yeah. All right. Florence Griffith Joiner. So, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but, getting yeah. my 1990s female track stars. <laughs> confused but no so I, I worked out with that group and you know uh my main thing was I had to run a fast 40 you know I knew my footwork was going to take care of itself I wasn't going to have a problem with that so when I went there you know I would do my own footwork we would lift you know we'd go hit the track three times a day and uh it was all about the 40 so we go to the combine and I remember going to the combine is this still I, an indie at this point still and the old RCA dome? Well, it's yeah it, it was the surface was slowed in so nobody ran at the combine nowhere it is like it is now so you tried to avoid running at all costs and you know I was in a position where I could say you know what I'm going to do it at my workout you know you had myself Marcus Nash Payton um you know a lot of guys that <clears throat> you know we I mean this this is our deal here we're going to have a lot of people because we had 10 people drafted that year, you know, Jonathan Brown and 10 you know, players drafted off that 97 team. Yep, that's, you know, that's insane. Tory Noel's Corey game. I mean, uh, you had all of us there. And, uh, so we knew we were going to have a big showing at our workout. So I didn't want to do anything at the combine. So let me just do my interviews, take all my physicals and get the heck out of here. Uh, go out this back door uh -huh. and they like, Oh, Terry, we can't wait to see you run and work out. I'm like, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm on a plane. So, uh, and then they had a coverage like they did now. So you can get away with it more. Um, so we have our pro day here and, uh, we all met up back in Tennessee probably a week before. And, uh, man, it, it was cool. You know I mean? Guys are working their tail off and, you know, we just all eating dinner with each other every night and, uh, you know, our 97 squad. And uh, that day, man, it was standing room only, you know, I could remember. And uh, get up to run, you know, <clears throat> I remember my first 40 running. I slip out I slip out my start. I think I end up running a 4-4-5. And Herm Edwards rock, walks me all the way back. He was a defensive coordinator at Tampa Bay at the time. He's like, hey, T-Fair, come on, baby, just relax. You know, just relax. <laughs> you, you got this, T-Fair, just relax, man. You know That's what a mean? pretty good Herm Edwards you know, right there. And, uh, so I was like, cool. So came out the next time and ran, and I felt like I did everything I needed to do that Bobby, Bobby taught me. Stayed low, all of that. Hit the line. And I look, I'm like, what I run? And I look over and I see Peerless, like, woo, -woo you know what I mean? Yeah. Covering his mouth. I was like, oh, man. He was like, you ran a 434. I was like, you just made yourself some money. Oh, man. I was like, let's get on to the footwork. And we did the footwork drills, man, and tore it up. And uh, shoot, they came back again and just did footwork, didn't run anymore, man. It was great. And we took our visits. Um, I went to, uh, went to Detroit, went to Atlanta, Jacksonville, Green Bay. 
uh, went to those those are the visits that I that I took. But I, I can recall when I went to see Bobby Ross in Detroit, he straight out told me, and I mean man of his word, and I respect him to death for it. Uh, he says, Terry, he say I'm gonna tell you right now. He say we need a return man. <clears throat> we need we need corner help. He say if you're there, number twenty, I'm taking you. He said, I'm taking you with the 20th selection if you're there. And I was like, okay. I didn't believe him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean I'm like, who? I mean, he probably told that to a lot of people. So um, the time comes, <clears throat> and it's draft day. So we're all at, we're all at uh, my mother's house. And uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to. She wanted to have this block party type deal, you know, where everybody's invited and all of that. And so. you're probably just a bundle of nerves. Man, I can't even sleep. I think I went to sleep about four, got up at six because the draft is on early out west at the oh, time. Oh, yeah, okay. Because it all used to be Saturday and know, Sunday. Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. So the draft starts at 7 a.m. out west. Okay. So I'm up, you know, at five. I got to help clean up, you know, people coming over and all of this stuff. And, you know, me and my agent are there. And so I got the phone back then. There's no cell phones and all of this stuff uh-huh. like that. I had – they just came out, right? So I got the phone in my pocket. You know, all the teams are going, you know, got my house number. That's where they're going to call. So I didn't want nobody on the house yeah. phone. Don't get on the phone. Don't do nothing. If you got to use the phone, let me know you can use my <laughs> cell phone, you know. Uh, so I'm walking around with the phone, and we all sitting there, family around. We're watching the draft, and uh, I think it got to, you know, coming up on pick 13. I heard that Cincinnati was going to take a corner and a linebacker, and, you know, we had talked. To Cincinnati about all of that so they said man they really they like Tennessee's Terry Fair man my heart just dropped in my socks I'm like I had to get up I couldn't watch anymore <laughs> I was like man so they end up picking uh two linebackers with 13 and 17 so uh I'm sitting here man I'm I'm I can't even watch the draft anymore I'm just like I don't know where I'm gonna go I don't you just never know yeah. and uh couldn't eat anything and we had some good food over there <laughs> <laughs> and um Missed opportunity on that good food, huh? Because it was gone by the time I got hungry. Um, So we got to about pick 19, pick 17, and my phone rings. And let it ring about three times. My agent says, answer it. Okay. It's Detroit on the line. They're like, what's going on? I said, "Um, well, uh, nothing. My agent's like, tell them them Green Green Bay. Tell them Green Bay has called you already. They were picking in two spots. They were like – I said, uh, Green Bay called. It was like, what are they saying? I said, well, they just said, you know, they really like me uh, at the position and thinking about going corner. Just stay tuned. They don't know yet. They was like, okay, we'll call you back. So I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> He's like, okay. He's the, like, the Game of Thrones-like intrigue of the NFL yeah. draft. So I'm sitting here, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. At, at this time, we done migrated to my room, you know. I'm sitting here in my bedroom. Me and him just sitting on the bed. Everybody else conspiring, you know, and yeah. we're just talking. And uh, so Green Bay's on the clock, and I'm like, man, they may go DB, you know. And we, we just wanted to run the DBs to go, you know. The more DBs yeah. that, like, the more position, the more that your position that goes, the the better you are sure. in terms of moving up, you know what I mean, yeah. whether it's a spot or a round or whatever it may be. So we just wanted to run at that on that position, you know, and uh, – uh, so round at 19th, Green Bay didn't call. Uh, and so we're sitting there at 20th, and Detroit has already called. And I swear it's about the pick is almost over. 
And I'm like, man, they, they call, they not going to call, you know, <laughs> and this and that. And they ended up, they ended up calling right into it. And they, it's Bobby Ross. He's like, Terry. I said, yeah. He said, congratulations. You're Detroit line. And I'm like, oh man, you know, so we're talking and everything on the phone and we're, it's still on the clock. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I really wasn't going to tell my mother, I was not going to let everybody see it on the TV, but my big mouth brother, my older brother, <laughs> you know, kind of told her, man, and we're sitting there kind of crying and stuff together and all of this. And, um, so they announce it, man, we go out. He's like, they're still on the phone with me. You know, he's like, we'll hold on and let you go enjoy your family and stuff. So man, we're celebrating and all of that stuff. And, uh, I swear, I, Five minutes later, my door doorbell rings. Answer the door. It's a guy with a Detroit Lions hat at my door. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. How, how did that happen? I don't know. A guy? Yeah, he brings a Detroit Lions hat From to the me. Lions? I, I don't know if he was from the Lions or they sent somebody to bring the hat or what. <clears throat> I don't know, but the hat was there waiting on me. All right. And uh, so do that, man. And, <clears throat> you know, they say, well, you know, we're going to do via satellite. Uh, from Phoenix to Detroit. He's like, we're going to send a limo over for you and your family All right. to the station. He said, uh, and we're going to go get your family in Detroit. We're going to pick them up in a limo so they can be at the station here while you're doing your via satellite. Wow. So <clears throat> they picked my Lions picked doing it right, up. Yeah, huh? they picked my family up in Detroit. So get to the new station, and they're there and everything, man. So that was uh, that was pretty cool. That was an amazing day. And, uh, man, that was um, that, that was that was a crazy day. Awesome, man. So uh, you made it. You're in the NFL now. You sign your contract, get paid a little bit. And uh, you've told me, I know you got a million NFL stories, but I mean, <laughs> it is a business it is. out there. And you talked about like at UT, your first, you know, walking in that weight room and being like, wow, you know, I'm I mean, well, no, not you, in high school anymore. Like no. you probably have similar reaction when you get to the NFL. Well, you, well, you can and you can't, you know, because even though these guys you've been watching now, you know, they're expecting you to come in and, and produce and do all of those things. You don't have time to be starstruck. You yeah. know what I mean? Because you're going to work alongside these guys. So now you got to, you know, like coming in and, you know, Herman Moore, who I've been watching all of these Thanksgivings on TV, I, I got to guard this guy every day now. Wow. You know, uh, I get to see Barry Sanders up close and personal, you know. Um, so you just you just got to really get to work, try to learn as much as you can and, you know, immerse, immerse yourself in, in what's going on and learn as much as you can. And uh, that's what it was about. You know, we had a lot of young, young guys. And I, and I think for us, and you know, to this day, myself and Brian Westbrook, who the previous year was the fifth overall pick from Texas to Detroit as a corner and uh, Kevin Abrams was at Syracuse. He was their second-round pick. He was a corner as well. And then you draft me uh, in 98. So you're talking about three young guys. So um, <clears throat> it was great having young guys, but I think the thing you really miss out on is having that veteran there that you're going to learn from each and every day. So it's more so learning on a job with us rather than having that guy that's going – you know, pull us aside or take us and, you know, watch this film with us and teach us about the game and about the position and about how we have to be on this level. And, you know, we didn't have a <clears throat> Kevin Ramsey that we had here at Tennessee. You know, Dick Seltzer was our secondary coach, and he was older and had coached linebackers. And, you know, 
<clears throat> I mean, he's a really great guy and really respect him to death. But, you know, we didn't have that hands-on mentoring that I think three young guys um, needed at the time. So, rookie year with with the Lions, and I know you're returning kicks. Uh, a lot of pressure on a first round draft pick, like you said. I mean, they're not. This isn't. Uh, oh yeah, we'll redshirt him, bring him along <laughs> right. slow. Like they're expecting you to play and to produce immediately. What was that rookie season like? Rookie season was good. Um, I started eight games at corner as a rookie. Um, you know, worked me in it, played nickelback from the beginning. Worked me in it. I thought got a lot more comfortable as the season progressed. Uh, but started off the season as the returner, was an all-pro uh, kickoff returner. You know, should have been a pro bowler, but, you know, got the snub on that. But they did give me <laughs> give me all-pro uh, first game. You know, had a 101-yard kickoff return against Green Bay. Had the opportunity to play against Reggie White, former Vol. Is that and, in Lambeau? Uh, in Lambeau. Wow. You know, so your first NFL game, the Packers, Reggie White in Lambeau Field, and you – Take a kickback. Take a kickback. Set a record, actually, for wow. most return yards by a rookie um, that game. And I just remember every time coming off the field, Reggie White would be coming on. He was like, get off the field, Little Tennessee. You know, he, <laughs> he called me Little Tennessee the whole game. But, man, it was cool sharing the field with him and talking to him after the game and stuff. But, you know, had, had another one, well, another 105-yarder that year as well, Monday night against Tampa Bay. And, you know, had a, had a really good year returning, had a solid year playing corner. And, you know, <clears throat> come back and follow that up in year two, think I'm having one of the, you know, probably a Pro Bowl season. You know, I think I had a, maybe three, four touchdowns at the time, you know, get hurt and uh, had to go on uh, IR in week 12. What was your injury? <clears throat> Hand injury, right? Stupid injury, man, that I regret all the time because it didn't happen on the football field. You know, happened at home, and it's like questions about what happened and all of that, and you know, ended up going on IR, and we ended up going to the playoffs that year. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Feel like I let those guys down mm -hmm. because really could have helped out in a lot of different ways. You know, and I think we were finally turning the corner as young guys in terms of how we played the position. So for me, um, the off season was all about you know how can I stay healthy for the whole year. So end up coming in year t three in two thousand and finishing the whole season uh you know and that was man just worked my butt off for that <clears throat> had a really good year thought I was really coming into my own and then in year four <clears throat> we get the big shake up in Detroit where it's a coaching change and they Matt Millen comes in Marty Morningwig and they clean house with secretaries that's been there for 20 years and oh, man. all of this stuff and just turn the turn the franchise upside down you know what I mean and it was sad to see because I really do think that we were on the verge <clears throat> each and every year but it was always an injury somewhere on our team that cost us um, dearly in terms of what what we were missing you know and uh, but we were right there and when that happened it kind of changed the landscape of everything for myself because I didn't think I would be there after that year um, and I was right after 2001, you know, I mean, I think we only won maybe two games that year. Uh, <clears throat> and when you win two games in the NFL, it's frustrating for everybody. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of pressure, you know, a big lot of city. Pressure. No, nobody's doing anything mm -hmm. right. Um, you know, it's almost, you, you've, you're not, tr you're not figuring out ways to win games. You're figuring out ways to lose games, you know, not that you're doing it intentionally. It's just, you know, like they say, you know, crap runs downhill, you know what I mean? And when you're on a team that's only won two games, that's what it's like, you know. And uh, 
But despite that, had a pretty good year. And coming back in 2002, ended up being let go by Detroit. Um, <clears throat> go to Carolina to be the starter there. And it's going into my contract year. And third game of the season, playing in Minnesota. Um, I'm not even returning a punt. I'm on a punt return unit. I'll never forget Harold Moreau. He's number 33 fullback yeah. for the Minnesota Vikings. Man, jumps. And I see him coming down and I can't move and just – right on my leg and so i end up breaking my fibula having Ooh. ankle reconstruction surgery Ooh. um in my contract here and Ooh. i'm just devastated man i remember my wife she was had just got to detroit was coming to detroit end up going to carolina so i say hold off we got to go to carolina come there i mean did you did you get traded or no you, they let me go you're released detroit. and yep. then you had and, to, I, and i knew it was going to yeah. happen because um in 2001, uh, end up going on IR again for the last four games. I had a Liz Frank fracture, um, probably having one of the best games I've had in Tampa Bay of my career and covering a skinny post against my, my friend Jacquez Green, who I've played yeah. against many times. Mm -hmm. uh, Florida Gator. End up just planting and just hear a pop in my foot. Oh. And uh, <clears throat> I'm on the ground, and I end up missing the four games. So rehabbing my butt off to get back to 2002 didn't do anything the whole offseason start off uh you know if i'd have got surgery i'd have been out for a whole year anyway so i said man <clears throat> i had my doctor rick lehman down in st louis he said we can aggressively rehab it because you know i'm like this is my contract year i don't want to miss it you know um let's rehab it <clears throat> we all got together detroit my doctors we collaborated on everything and said hey this is what we're going to do. So at times they let me stay, you know, in Arizona where I was working out with this team of uh, rehab therapists out there. And they would send my defensive back coach probably once a week to come see my progress in the offseason, how I was doing. And, man, it was doing well. And it was tough getting back because I lost so much flexibility in my foot from having that ankle reconstruction surgery. End up having another uh, two – end up another two surgeries on my ankle, just scar tissue and wow. different things probably – my last one being <clears throat> right the first week of July heading into training camp just to try to clean it out and get more flexibility. Uh, so started off the season on, on a PUP. So in Detroit, you know, I'm doing everything. I'm rehabbing. I'm running. So after that first preseason game, they said, okay, we want you to start covering some of our young receivers after practice. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't have a problem with that. But our plan initially was that we had sat down and talked with my agent and the doctors and everything was, okay, here's where we expect you to be. Um, <clears throat> training camp, we're going to start you on PUP, okay? We're going to get you ready for the last preseason game to come back and play against Buffalo. Peerless Price was there at the time. Sean Bryson as well. Mm -hmm. Trey Teague. Um, play against Buffalo. I said, okay. <clears throat> and then coming to – we're moving into forward field. That was going to be our first year forward field. They say, we're playing against Green Bay, forget the first game there. We want you to start you off in dime and nickel. And then once we open up our place, the third regular season game, we expect you to be the starter then. I'm like, man, that's a plan. So that's my goal that I've got written down to where I need to be. So all of that stuff is working out well. Everything is going well. Well, <clears throat> come the uh, third preseason game, we're getting ready to play the Steelers on ESPN. And – that week, something was different. I told my agent, I said, man, something ain't right here. He said, because uh, they were like, we want to take you off PUP. I was like, okay. I said, but 
we already talked about everything. How does this change it, you know? So my agent said, I'm going to take you off. That's fine. They took me off. So going into that week, they're like, oh, you look great out there. You look good, Terry. You're this and that and that. And I'm like, well, I don't feel that way. I said, yeah. listen, I'm on pace to do this and that and that, man. I said, I don't want to have any setbacks with anything. So probably we're playing on a Thursday. That Tuesday, Marty Morningwig comes up and says, hey, uh, I want to start you against Pittsburgh. I said, ain't the plan. He said, well, you look good. And, and Kurt Schottenheimer's sitting over here, and he's a D.C. He's like, Kurt, well, how do you think he looks? He's like, oh, I think he looks great. You know, this and that and that. I'm like, oh, man, I'm about to hear it. A lot of pressure I on said, you. I said, yeah. I said, here we go. I said, I done heard this before where guys have told me that this is how this league works. I said, but here I am right in this situation. What am I going to do? You know, so I was like, I don't know, man. And so game time comes. And I remember driving up to Ford Field. And uh, I don't even go to the locker room. I go straight to Marty Morningwig office, knock on his door. Coach, you got a minute? Yeah, I was like, uh, listen, I, I, don't under, I don't understand what, what, what we got going on here. You know, this is what we said was going to happen. I don't, I don't understand why you want me to play so bad against – uh, Pittsburgh. I say I know it's the third preseason game. This is where you want to see what we got as a team and all of that. But I, I don't understand that. You know, I mean, everything is right on. He was like, you know, this. He said, this this concerns me. He said, what are you scared of these guys? <laughs> and I about lost it. I said, what? I say, <laughs> man, listen. I face everybody in the NFL already. I say I've already been a four year starter. I said, what the hell do I have to be afraid of going against anybody? I say, this is about longevity, me for my career, my team, and moving forward and this and that. I said, so I ain't got nothing to do with it. So we go back and forth, man. And, and I ended up playing, which probably was the biggest mistake of my career. Ended up playing for like a quarter. <clears throat> Coming back against Buffalo, ended up playing, you know, the last preseason game. You know, did pretty good. You know, I was right on pace where I needed to be. But it was a fact of – them trying to get me on film, really, because they're already cleaning the house with every, every – And do you think every, they, were, they were shopping you? Like they want to make you uh, – They wanted to get me on film. So just they to see could, what they had? put me on film so they can say, hey, if something happens, we this guy's no longer hurt anymore because when you hurt, you got to pay guys injury settlements if you let them go. Okay. But if a guy gets out there and plays, he's no longer hurt. Ah. You got what I'm saying? So um, <clears throat> they got me. So I end up uh, – you know, playing that game, I told my wife, I said, you know, I said, something don't feel right. I said, tomorrow, I said, I'm about to get a call about this. I said, so just hold on before you come out here. So I get a call the next day, and I look, and I knew it. So that night, I'm on the plane. I fly to Miami Dolphins, um, and I'm still not 100%. So I just can't go anywhere, you know what I mean? And, you know, I can't just go to a man-to-man team that's – because I ain't ready, yeah. I ain't ready for all of that shit, you know. Um, so, did you ever think about just taking a like? Can you do that at that at that point? I mean, no, you're you can't, you can't because this is this is now this is my contract year too now. Yeah. You know, going, you know, plan for my contract. So I'm um you know to get re up. So I'm like, man, I I'm I'm going to play. You know, what I mean, it may be going here, going there. So go to Miami, go to Baltimore, and then I went to Carolina. So those are kind of the three teams that I was going to choose from and uh, chose Carolina. Um, you know, I liked what they were doing at the time. John Fox was the coach. Um, <clears throat> you know, their scheme, I think, was going to be Jack Del Rio was the D coordinator, kind of. And they had one of the best doctors 
you know, in foot doctors in Carolina. Okay. And uh, so he knew what I was going through already. So they knew that, and they weren't just going to rush me They're gonna back. They're going to give you the time you needed right, to on the heal. Field. So how it was set up there was, hey, you know, this is what we expect. We know you got the foot injury. You know, hopefully, you know, by midseason, you, you have become the starter here and this and that. And, you know, <clears throat> hopefully we can sign you to a long-term deal. So I'm out there and – you know, going through everything, they're doing everything is planned. I mean, it's great, you know, going through practices and all of that, but they're not – they understand the foot situation. So <clears throat> each week they're increasing my workload in terms of what I can do and working me into the game plan. Well, by week three we're playing against Minnesota. You know, they say, okay, you're dime today. When they go for a wide, you're coming in. This is who you're matching up against. There's our package for it. Okay, great, you know. So did that. So that game, Minnesota, I just know because I went and bought some fresh Jordans for that game, some all-white <laughs> ones too, and uh, we were on turf in Minnesota, and that's when the injury happened there. So after that injury happened, I go on IR, you know, and I'm sick because I'm like, man, how could this happen? You know what I mean? It's, this is my contract year, and I think the only thing that didn't drive me crazy about it was my daughter was born in October 2002. So I'm sitting there and, you know, I'm I'm homebound, you know. I got plates and screws in my foot, you know, non-weight bearing and all of that. So I had a, all of that time to spend with her when she was born and and okay. all of that stuff. And they kind of got me through yeah. everything yeah. in terms of my mind, you know. And uh, afterwards, <clears throat> end up sitting out a year um, just with that, you know, ankle reconstruction and the fibula injury. Um, took me two years really to learn how to really do everything again and I never ever could break off my right foot again you know or run a 40 because I never had the flexibility to push off of it anymore. Do you still feel it to this day? Oh, oh shoot man I, I look like uh I'm crippled getting out of bed every morning really? you know oh yeah I still have my plate in there and and everything just no flexibility and so souvenir I, from the NFL that's huh? it so I end up um take me two years to try to modify and do things and you're like tiger woods trying to after the back surgery trying to you know reinvent yourself you you have to you have to try to reinvent yourself man and you know the crazy thing was is you know you're rehabbing and doing all of this i feel like i'm my whole life is rehabbing but you know i ain't getting paid right now either you know because that was my contract year so you're making it back and um so st louis ends up signing me I go work out with St. Louis. They say, man, we want to we sign you and bring you in. And you had a whole season to work out with us. So get to care, uh, St. Louis in March. You know, I'm in Knoxville right now just rehabbing and doing everything. My family's here. And uh, so <clears throat> long story short, man, training camp is going well, doing a lot of good things there. I remember <clears throat> going into the third preseason game again, playing against Detroit on Monday Night Football. So – Mike, somebody comes in the room uh, during meetings. Uh, Terry, uh, Coach March wants to see you. I was like, "Oh man, I'm I'm about to get cut. They about to let me go." You know, this is the uh, hard knocks moment, huh? Yeah. So I'm like, "Bring your playbook." Dang, you know. So I go up here to March's office, and March is there, and we're talking. He was like, "So as I came in there, he said, you know, I want to see more from you.'" I said, "What do you mean?" He's like, I, I don't know. I want to see more from you. I was like, okay. He's like, I just – he said, I don't think that, you know, you're going hard and this and that. And, that. and we had this – I said, man, I said, listen, 
I said, maybe I'm just smoother than the other DBs you got. You know what I mean? And it don't look like I'm working. I said, but, you know, all of these preseason games we've been playing, I said, man, I've been out here balling. I've been out here doing my thing. I hadn't given up this. I hadn't given up that. I've been doing this and doing that. I said, man, maybe it's time for you to start playing me with the ones, you know. And we talked. I said, put me on good against good. Don't have me out here in the third and fourth quarter against these guys that ain't even going to be playing. I say, man, it's time for you to put me against this and let me show you what I can do. And we talked. He's like, you're going to get your wish. He's like, this <laughs> week, you're in there with the ones. I want to see this out of you in practice, this and that. And I was like, man, we shook hands really hard. It's like, cool. It's your moment. I was like, man, back. back on Monday yeah. night. So I was like, cool. Went, had a hell of a practice all week, man. Probably guys were probably like, dang, he's up to you. I'm like, uh-uh. Is what he want to see? <laughs> this is what he going to get? So going into that game, man, did a big interview with Michelle Tafoya, uh, just about you know my road back to the NFL and everything that is that it's taken and just all of that stuff, man. It was it was good. So get in against Detroit first play, man. Back in the D, Roy. I'm lined up against Roy Williams. They dial up a man to man. I'm like, dang, I gotta go press this big dude the first play and get all up in him. You know, I'm like, cool, man. I wish they would have threw that. You know, and come back on third down. Crack and replace. Uh, Got to come up and fit the run. Tackle Kevin Jones, man, and my neck snaps back, and I'm on the ground and no movement for the next 25 minutes on the field. And I can hear I can hear Leonard Little right there next to me. Mm. You know, he's like, T, get up, T. And I'm like, I can't, I can't move, man. I cannot move. And I'm sitting there. Man, everything going through your mind. I'm trying to move you on your so back? hard. I'm on my I'm on my face. Oh my god. I'm on my face. Like I'm I'm just face down. And uh <clears throat> Can you feel anything? Nothing. I mean what, you you just can't feel anything. I can't feel nothing. Neck down? Just, neck down. I could just talk. I couldn't feel anything and you know, you're trying to move and you're trying to do all of that and I'm like, Man, I can't so there's all of these paramedics, doctors out there with me <clears throat> and everything. So we go through that whole episode and Ended up coming back. <clears throat> I, I don't fly back with the team because I'm still in a hospital. They stretcher you out of there and <clears throat> yeah. take you to the hospital. Take me to the what, hospital what, right away. Um, get when to the did hospital. you start moving? Um, probably about 30 minutes. I tell you, it's crazy because when when it came back, the feeling came back, it was like it started at my feet. And I could feel like it was like somebody sticking pins in me all the way to the Top like a computer body. rebooting? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> so um, <clears throat> ends up coming wow. back. They take me They take me to the doctor. I stay there. Then I fly back by myself, which was the weirdest thing, being in, in an airport on a plane, everybody looking at you and, you know, no, like, man, that's that, you know what I mean? That's the dude who got hurt Monday <laughs> yeah, night. You know, wow. and, and it's in Detroit, you know. So get back to the complex. First thing I do. You know, I'm all, you know, hey, load up and stuff. I go back, sit down in Mike Mart's office. He said, man, Terry, he said, listen. He said, uh, I just want to let you know you've made this damn team. He said, everything that we talked about, everything I asked you to do, you did. He said, this is what I expect from you to come back. Uh, when you come back, I expect you to be this way and that way. I expect you to compete for this and compete for that. Well, shoot, I end up missing the next 11 weeks. What is your injury? What what did they well, call it? I'm, which I'm still going through. Yeah. Um, first, they tried to say I had a neck sprain, but I was like, why you say my neck is sprained? Because my arms are still getting numb and stuff, like when I put my head down and things like that. So we went through that whole season not knowing. So I ended up coming back 
and playing a game, but my biggest fear that I didn't want to do is there is no way I could have went out there and probably made a tackle on a 220-pound running back. But you're playing in the NFL. I mean, yeah. that's not – you, But you have to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I know my – but that's that's what my mind was thinking with the problems I had. Uh-huh. So um, I'm still having numbing and tingling. I'm returning a kickoff against Houston. We're playing down in Houston. And take a nice hit. And I get to the sideline. And I'm like, man, something ain't right, you know. And now both of my arms, you know what I mean, again, are still are like getting numb and everything. And I'm like, man, this this crazy feeling. I tell the trainers, and they shut me down, and I end up going on IR, um, you know, for the next couple games because I just – it still wasn't right, yeah. you know what I mean. And so I'm still dealing with that now, those, so, those same problems and all of that stuff. But, you know, it just came to a point to where I told the missus, I said, you know what, it's time to give it up. I said – it's been a blessing to play this game as long as I have and do what I've done, you know, and, and what this game has afforded me and what it's taught me. But, you know, I can't just rehab anymore. I said I, it, it's time to walk away from this game. Well, in your body, I mean, you're having uh, neck issues, feeling issues, and you're, you know, that's yeah, that's probably a pretty good yeah, sign. Yeah, that, and uh, I, it just – it's time to walk away from it, man. I mean, this game is a blessing. You know what I mean? It's, How many years NFL uh, end up being? I end up being eight for me. Okay. And, uh, you know, it was a blessing. Cause I, I tell everybody every day, I said, man, I said, playing football and being a football player, <laughs> that's what we do. It's it's not who we are, yeah. you know. That's just what we do. Yeah, it gives you – Might um, seem like that sometime when you're putting in – 16-hour day. Well, it does, but you got to keep reminding yeah. yourself, you know, and it affords you the opportunity to do certain things that you want to do. It builds character in you. A lot of the life lessons that you learn, you know, comes from that game and how to deal with certain things. But, you know, it's it's what you do, and it's a part of you, but it's not who you are, mm -hmm. you know. All right, Terry, so you, you, you get out of the NFL here. You hang it up. Um, you do a little coaching. You end up getting in radio. Yeah. Uh, you're work, doing a show with, with Fred White. Fred and uh. didn't, didn't get up with you, man. I mean. Yeah, man. Yeah, but The, no, the thrill of Fred. your career, I'm sure. <laughs> started with my boy Fred, man, and uh, double coverage, man. And, uh, you know, had a lot of fun on the show. And it, it was fun, you know. And, uh, you know, came over to WNOX and. You know, that's that's when uh, – We had know, some good times. Oh, man, we had a lot of fun. You know, shoot, Fred used to be a part of it. We had, a, you know, people that joined us. But I thought we had a, I thought we had a hell of a show. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and not only was it just – see, cause the, the thing about that was it wasn't just about, you know, just sports and Tennessee football and basketball. It was about how can we make people's ride home enjoyable, you know, when they listen yeah. to us. So – you know, anytime, you know, we got into fights all the time on air. Uh -huh. We had different rants. We did that. But, you know, if we had a fight off air, we'd turn it into something. You know, like, man, yeah. we need to make make a segment out of that, you know. And, oh, this is pretty funny. Or if we laughing at something during the day, it was like, man, we need to talk about that on the show. Because just real life stuff that people, that, that, that people go through and people see and people <laughs> happen. That was a fun thing about it, you know. Well, I mean? Back in those days, like, back in the, I mean, this is like 10 years or so ago and, Sports radio was very much, hey, let's just take the calls and talk about the game. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we were kind of one of the first people to start talking about real-life issues and 
yeah. off the wall, silly, silly stuff oh, yeah. like that. Because it was fun. On, it was stuff, I mean, something different. If if you let some people tell it, we'd be talking about Tennessee football all day. You know, uh-huh. I mean, we we get some calls on say, "Hey, who wants to talk about that now? Let's talk football." No, it's just it's it's, it's <laughs> July. There's no football right now. I There's mean, no football going you know, on. I, I love it, but I mean, if we're gonna do this show, let's let's. Let's make it worthwhile, you know what I mean? And that was that was the beauty of that show, man. It, you never knew where it was going to go, you know, each day. So what we thought we may talk about, yeah, we may go for another two hours on something that we didn't even discuss, you know? I find sometimes that's the best way. It's like you can go in and have this beautiful plan and – it you know you get through everything within an hour and then you got two hours to fill and it's like oh man that you know that show really sucked sometimes you you don't have time to to plan for it and you go in and you're like man i don't know this is going to be a rough show yeah. and then you get into something ridiculous and it's like those man that's that was good stuff right there yeah, that, that that was the fun stuff you know what i mean that's when you had a great time on air people enjoyed it man i, I mean i still get people coming up and be like man i used to love listening to y'all every day man y'all y'all were funny as hell terry i'm telling you man not a Anytime I go out in public, we do the show in public, I, people come up and, what, what's Terry doing now? Are you ever going to get back in radio, man? Man, we're pulling for him. People are so happy when you got back uh, to Knoxville a year <laughs> yeah. ago when you got the job. It was like um, it was like the return of our hero, Terry uh, Fair, coming back to the, coach the Vols. Well, man, it was it was great to be back, you know. Um, like I said, you know, you know how I feel about this place and always will. Uh, but to have the opportunity to, uh, you know, get out of radio and, you know, thankful Butch Jones brought me on on his staff when he did. You had always kind of – we had talked – yeah. that was during the Dooley era, we'd watch the games and you're like, man, uh, like, I think I could coach these guys, Russ. Like, this guy. <laughs> and then when, yeah. when Butch got the job, or you had like this groundswell of support, all these guys going to bat for you. Yeah. And, uh, like, I remember you said you went in there and talked to them and – You'd been out of football for a while, and like uh, you were on the board with Willie Martinez or yeah. something, and he's got a. And you're like, oh man, kind of nervous here. Yeah, <laughs> show show yeah. what I know. Yeah, man, and that, and that's crazy because you know he he ended up probably being being you know he ended up becoming a really good friend to this day, man, and I always talked to him about a lot mm-hmm. of stuff, and really really became close with him, and man, he taught me a lot throughout that throughout those two years, and. Uh, you know, left here and had the opportunity to go to Colorado State, man, and, had, you know, had a blast down there, met some wonderful people and uh, coached some really good guys. And, uh, you know, man, it, it was it was a blast. So to come back here, you know, and have the opportunity to come back to Yama Mata and be a part of it was was, was cool, man. Yeah, so um, peop- a lot of people listen to this and, and want to know, what happened? You know, uh, why did it only last a year? What What do you want to say about your year uh, at Tennessee only, under Coach Pruitt? Only thing I'll say is because uh, I'm always going to be a Tennessee Vol, and I'm always going to support Tennessee football. You know, uh, there's a disagreement and, uh, you know, something that I, I wasn't going to do. And, uh, you know, it wanted me to take a job off the field, which, you know, I came here to coach and I came here to be an on-the-field coach. And, uh you know, was a corners coach and, you know, started two young guys at corner, you know, I think are become going to be really, really good football players and, you know, probably going to go on to be NFL players when, when they're done with college. And, uh, you know, it's something I wasn't going to do and, um, you know, just made opportunity to, you know, let's just part ways, you know, and uh, wish those guys the best and wish them well. And, you know, that's just, <clears throat> it's just something I wasn't going to do. And uh, it's not what I came here for. 
So now you've got uh, you, you got some of that big orange buyout money. That's you got you got a year to you know if, if you want to sit there and, and take the money, or you can go out and coach again. What do you well, want to do? I, I've, I've gotten you know once it happened, you know, I got several calls and opportunities to go elsewhere. Uh, but you know, man, I've got a you know my seven year old, my sixteen year old was a junior in high school, and. Uh, you know, I just thought that it'd be best for me right now to put the onus on them and the focus on them and turn my attention to them and do some things that I hadn't been able to do for a while and, and take advantage of that uh, for right now. But uh, so I'm in, I'm enjoying life, man. I'm enjoying my family. Uh, you know, I'm taking, getting my body back together. Um, so, you know, it, it's been good, man. You miss so much, um, you know, we're putting in hours that we yeah. put in and being away from home. and what, know, How long? Really, six years in the coaching game? Five, eight. six years? Eight? Yeah. Wow, it's, it's been really eight. been that long. And, wow. uh, you know, your, your family really the ones that have to sacrifice everything for you being gone. And, you know, big credit, you know, to my wife for holding everything down because now she has to be that super mom to make sure this is handled, make sure that is handled. So when I when I got uh when I was at home for that first week, it was like I had to get reintroduced to society again. It was yeah. like almost like man, coming I, out of the bubble. I just, I just got out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I just got out of a prison or something and uh you know, so just their routines and what they do and you know what their schedules are like and all of that you know so you know we're in full swing now man i'm enjoying the heck out of it man we have a great time and you know they keep me going and you know doing some traveling and doing some different things and you know i'm pretty sure i'll get to uh get to some training camps and you know all of that stuff this this uh summer and uh man look look forward to it and we'll we'll see where it goes but right now man i couldn't be any more happier than what i'm doing awesome man well i'm glad you got some some time to kind of kick back and and take stock of things and um family's doing good kids are growing up fast and i'm telling you you know i <clears throat> growing up fast i got a son that's going to be graduating this year as well you know from famu and uh you know, trying to look at colleges and got to go visit some wow. and do all of that. Terry, stuff. we're getting and, old, bro. Uh, what know. are we doing, well, man? You can see by the gray on <laughs> I me know. that I've been old. I wasn't going to say anything. Man. You know, it's okay. You, well, me too. Well, that's what coaching does to you, man. I mean, yeah. I'm like, you know, when I went into coaching, I was jet black. You know, uh, you were. Now I'm looking like Morgan Freeman. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man can i get you to narrate the story of my life then <laughs> what all right um well terry it's good to see you man i want to ask you to tell a story before i asked kessling to tell a story he told a great uh peyton manning story at the end of the first podcast uh the funny and and you have all these great stories from playing at tennessee and playing in the nfl uh, all, all the things you've gotten out. I'm sure some coaching stories too, man, that, that I'd like to hear. But uh, without a doubt, <laughs> the funniest story you ever told, you told this on the air on the drive 10 or so years ago, man. Your rookie year with the Lions. Oh, my goodness. Worst, They're these, worst day of my life. These <laughs> The worst day of your life. These traditions in the NFL. Um, I mean, this is like borderline hazing. Uh, tell us about the donuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so when you're a rookie you're required to bring donuts and it might be twice it just depends on how the rotation goes mm -hmm. so being a first round pick i had to start it off it's right? like once a week right once a week every friday morning okay because <clears throat> we get done with practice about 1 30 on a friday but you know those donuts should be in there by 6 45 7 
And you got to order them the night before such a big order. You know, you got to get the milk. You got to get the orange juice. You got to get all of that stuff. So <clears throat> you have to do it. It's yeah, you just, got you got to understood. Do it. I mean, the donuts hey, are going to be there. It's tradition. Yeah. So I had already did it. So I wasn't thinking that, you know what I mean, you got to do it twice. So I had no clue. So I'm sitting here in the training room one morning. It's about maybe 6.30. And uh, I'm first one in there in the training room. I'm on the table. One of the big offensive linemen walks in, and he's like, hey, where the damn donuts? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, man, what you talking about? It ain't my day. He was like, what? I was like, I don't have them today. He was like, BS, go look. So he was like, come here. I look, and Russ, it was my day. My name was right there. Oh, no. <laughs> man, I just, I just sank. I went into full panic oh, mode. No. I'm like – how can I get the door? I'd call. They were like, I'm sorry, we can't accommodate that order right now. We can't do this and that and that. I'm like, should I just go to the grocery store? Now it's like, it's about 7, 15. And guys are coming in. Guys are filtering in and everybody that's coming in is like, hey, where's the damn donuts at? This and that and that. And they're like, oh, no. I can't say the words. Like, oh, no. dang, rookie over there, uh, fair didn't bring them. This and that. I'm like, man, what am I going to do? I was like, sacrifice. I was like, I'm gonna just going to be late. For meetings, I just take the fine. Just get fined. For being late. Go. But I'm going to go out and get the donuts. And then it got to like 7.30. It got to the point to where I couldn't go. Man, it's worse. Now everybody's there. Everybody's man <laughs> on me. I can't believe you this and that. You, I mean, whatever you could. I mean, man, I felt like I just wanted to just get away. You know what I mean? You, and so, can, can you quit an NFL job? Can you just man. leave? <laughs> so we go into our team meeting, right? Uh-huh. Bobby Ross starts the team meeting off. This is the head coach. Head coach. You know, I just, guys, I, I can't. You know, we come here on a Friday morning. We do what we do. <laughs> and, and, you know, we got it. We got a damn rookie that forgets the donuts. You know? <laughs> and, I mean, I'm like, for real. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So, man, we break from that. Everybody looking at me crazy. Nobody saying anything oh, to me, no. not speaking to me or nothing. So we get to our position meeting for 30 minutes, man. Dick Seltzer, secondary coach, talked about me for getting the donuts. In 20 damn years, I can't even imagine a damn rookie for getting the donuts. I mean, dog, he made me feel like I was nobody. I was oh, like, no. and then, I mean, after all of that, so get ready to go out to practice. Man, I come back to my locker. They fill my whole locker up with ice, right? Oh, so no. I got to get all of the ice out of my locker. I got to get my pants on and all of this stuff. They've cut, they've cut all my shoestrings and my shoes. They cut them all down the middle, right? They cut all my pants. They cut my pants up. <laughs> my, my outfit that I wore in the morning, it was in pieces, so they cut your, all your cl your actual clothes. clothes. Yes, they just they destroyed your clothes. Yeah, they destroyed my clothes. Oh, so wow. I got to get new pants. I got to get new cleats. I get ready to go to practice. I got my helmet. I get ready to put it on. It's filled up with with dirt and shaving cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, I mean, I'm just like, man, you got to be kidding me. They were pissed off about those donuts. I, I've never seen anything like it before. <laughs> I bet Tell nobody. I bet nobody forgot to bring them from then nope. on. Uh, mm -mm. The rest then of the I had season. to bring them the next day. So on a travel day, I had to get my butt up and bring the donuts that next day. So <sighs> you know, it, it didn't make it any better, but it was like 
your day off, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I tell you what, if I ever got to bring the donuts, I don't give I don't give a damn what kind of job I'm in. I'm bringing the damn donuts. I will not forget. <laughs> I'll tell you that. The worst day of your life. Well, if that turns out being the worst day of your life, I'd say you've had a pretty good one, T. One of, one of the funniest ones, though, I always tell this one, too. So we're in college, and uh, it's me, Peyton, Al Wilson, Marcus Nash, Jonathan Brown, Corey Gaines. Um I'm missing Corey Terry, uh, Buck Buxton. Um, I mean, it was we're on this boat, right? We're inner tubing. It's the summertime, so everybody. Oh, you're t- at Fort Loudon or something? Uh, we're somewhere okay. I, I, at the time. I don't know when. Man, we're on the tubes, and everybody we're having a good time driving a boat and trying to get each other off and all uh-huh. of this stuff, man. And so I get on that inner tube. <clears throat> I'm on there, you know, riding it, riding it finally hit the water you know skim the water get back up get on the boat man and i'm like man this is that was cool i'm excited you know you got that adrenaline rush man al wilson looks at me and i'm like everybody looking at me crazy he like t fair man didn't you have on pants when you went in there <laughs> man when i hit the water it must have took my, oh, my shorts no, off pull the ball. i'm sitting on a boat butt naked looking at these dudes <laughs> I'm sitting here talking, first of all, like, oh, man, this and that and that. And everybody's like, dude, why is this dude naked what? right now? Like, what? Mm. You, so, didn't, you didn't even realize you get out of the, the water that you don't have a bathing suit on Man, anymore? I did not. I, I, I don't know. We still talk. We still laugh about that one. Too. <laughs> well, I'm, like, wrapped up in somebody's shirt going home, you know? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think your boy's gonna let you forget that one. No, no, I can't forget that one, brother. <laughs> well, Terry, man, it's it's good to see you. Thanks for uh, coming over and doing this, man. I think people are gonna dig it. Really appreciate your time. Appreciate it, man, and uh, always a pleasure, man, being a part of what you got going on. And there you have it. Episode two is in the books. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did and you want to support this podcast so that I can keep cranking them out, I hope you'll consider making a small monthly donation. I did shell out a decent chunk of cash for this, uh, some equipment to get this thing started. So maybe I can at least recoup that. Just go to anchor.fm and search out Russell Smith Podcast. Click on the support this podcast button and you can donate. I think it's either 20, uh, 99 cents, four ninety nine, or nine ninety nine. A month. I certainly would appreciate it, and my wife and kids would too. How's that for tugging at the old heartstrings? Help feed the sweet Smith kids. All right, thanks a lot, everybody. I have no idea who I'm going to have on next. I'm already stressing out about uh, finding new guests. So if you know anyone or you have someone in mind you think would make a good guest, a good interview, let me know about it. I'm super easy to find on Twitter and Facebook. DMs are open, so uh, just holler at me and uh, we will chat. Okay, thanks a lot. I'll be back soon.